Today's video is brought to you by Audible. Hey brother! Guys, we all know the story of Harry Potter, the chosen one, the boy who lived. Somehow, the greatest dark wizard of all time shows up at his house in the middle of the night, kills both of his parents, but then meets his downfall trying to kill baby Harry. How do Harry? How do? This is the main mystery driving forward the plot throughout the Harry Potter books. It's not always front and center, and certainly it spends a lot of time in the back seat, just like yelling like, hey, can I be answered yet? We get there when we get there. But why Harry was targeted to begin with, how he survived, and what made his situation unique is always a present question, and it isn't really fully resolved until the end of Deathly Hallows. Now, the short answer to the question is revealed very early on. That Harry's mother died for him and her sacrifice protected him. Or as Dumbledore likes to say, love. And it's very sweet and relatable and you feel like you can understand it, but then it does immediately sort of pose a bunch of new questions. Like for example, uh, didn't James also just die? Why didn't his sacrifice count towards protecting Harry? Or heck, why didn't it protect Lily? Great question. Today, we explain. Guys, before we dive on in and give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Audible. Audible is a service I genuinely use every day, whether it's mowing the lawn or driving to work or washing the dishes or just falling asleep. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. The way it works is simple. Each month you get a credit and that credit is good for any title in Audible's vast premium collection. And if you know the normal cost of audiobooks, this is a huge value. Right now, I am currently obsessed with a book called The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. And I have a feeling if you're already watching this video, it is the kind of book you would love. The main character is Quoth. 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 K-V-O-T-H. You know, I've, I, mm, it's hard to say. Okay, that was a bad selling point. How about this? It's about a young man who goes to a school of magic and has a kooky professor and everyone's afraid to say the villain's name. Except the magic is treated as if physics pertains to it and they explain it really well and the world is just so deep and vast and I love it. I have read it, listened to it, four times already. Not to mention, it is absolutely ripe for theorizing. In addition to your monthly credit, you'll also get access to Audible's entire Plus catalog. That includes access to loads of other shows and series, including original entertainment, guided fitness and meditation, sleep tracks for better rest, and podcasts. You can stream as much as you want, no credit necessary. With everything you love to listen to all in one place, Audible is the playlist for your life. Be sure to check it out, and remember, new users get 30 days free. If you want to check it out, go to audible.com slash supercarlin or text supercarlin to 500-500. Again, the first 30 days are free. Head to audible.com slash supercarlin or text supercarlin to 500-500. Link is in the description down below. All right, let's start with the passage that I think kicks off all of this confusion. It comes at the end of Philosopher's Stone where Harry asks the question we've all been wondering the whole book. How did he survive? And Dumbledore gives him about 80% of the answer. The issue is that that final 20% is really crucial to understanding what happened that night. He says, your mother died to save you. If there is one thing Voldemort cannot understand, it is love. He didn't realize that love as powerful as your mother's for you leaves its own mark. Not to scar, no visible sign. To have been loved so deeply, even though the person who loved us is gone, will give us some protection forever. 
And bear in mind, when you read this for the first time, you are not yet aware of the killing curse itself, or horcruxes, or anything like that. All you really get to take away is that Lily loved Harry so much that her death prevented Voldemort from being able to harm Harry. And this point gets reiterated over and over throughout the next few books. In Chamber of Secrets, Harry tells Tom Riddle, I know why you couldn't kill me, because my mother died to save me, my common muggle-born mother. She he stopped you killing me. Then Voldemort even spills the deets to his Death Eaters at his rebirthing party. His mother left upon him the traces of her sacrifice. This is old magic. I should have remembered it. I was foolish to overlook it. But no matter, I can touch him now. And then he touches him. I'm like, okay, okay, we get it. Lily's sacrifice saved Harry, but... How does that work? The main confusion I've heard over the years is people wondering like, wait, are you telling me Lily is the first parent ever to sacrifice herself for her child? Like surely some other parent in history also did this, right? Like most parents would make this decision, right? And when Voldemort kills Lily, the wizarding world is at war. Molly and Arthur literally rushed to get married because people didn't know what was going to happen next. And isn't every soldier or aurer or fighter against Voldemort and his army doing the same thing? Aren't they dying to protect the people they love? Shouldn't all of their deaths also be activating the sacrificial love charm? Or on just a way more local scale, and sort of getting back to the point of this video, why didn't James's sacrifice count for protecting Harry or Lily? I mean, he was in the same house, under the same roof, dying under the exact same circumstances, right? We even know what he says. He says, Lily, take Harry. Like, the whole point is that he is trying to give them more time to escape. He knows he's going to sacrifice himself. He's not even armed, and it's Voldemort. He knows what's about to happen. That's why they're in hiding, to prevent this exact thing. But the answer for why James's sacrifice doesn't count to protect Lily or Harry is actually Snape. What? All right, so as I'm sure you were all very aware, Lily and Snape were childhood friends, and Snape was basically in love with her for his entire life. Despite this undying love for his muggle-born best friend, though, Snape still manages to find it within himself to be a pure-blood supremacist, somehow. Which is just so backwards for him when you think about it, because, like, he hates the pure-blooded James Potter, and Sirius for that matter, and also, like, desperately in love with Lily, but... I I don't know, whatever. He sticks to his guns and falls in with the Death Eaters and drives her away. Then, as a Death Eater, he is spying on Dumbledore where he overhears the first half of the prophecy Trelawney makes to Dumbledore about the Chosen One who will eventually defeat the Dark Lord. Or at least has the power to. And he must have been so excited because this is information that would have basically bathed him in Voldemort's glory for the rest of time. Except, oh no, Voldemort has interpreted the prophecy to mean that he needs to kill the Potters, including Lily. Stricken with guilt over having been the one to deliver the news to Voldemort that's going to lead him to kill the woman he loves, he begs both Dumbledore and Voldemort to spare and or protect her. He thinks it means Lily Evans. The prophecy did not refer to a woman. It spoke of a boy born at the end of July. You know what I mean. He thinks it means her son. He's going to hunt her down, kill them all. If she means so much to you, 
Surely Lord Voldemort would spare her. Could you not ask for mercy for the mother in exchange for the son? I have. I have asked him. Spot on Snape, how do you so himself? And despite Snape's horrible okayness with Voldemort killing a baby so long as he ends up with the girl he wants, that really is the key moment that makes the difference. Snape's request to Voldemort to spare Lily changes everything. Well, kind of. Let's be clear. It is Lily's decision to die that actually makes the difference. She should get way more of the credit. But the fact that there is a decision to be made, that's all down to Snape. And what I mean by that is Lily didn't have to die. When Voldemort walks into the room to kill Harry, he offers Lily the chance to step aside. Stand aside, you silly girl. Stand aside now. Not Harry. Please, no. Take me. Kill me instead. This is my last warning. Not Harry. Please, have mercy. Have mercy. Not Harry. Not Harry. Actually, despite him saying that was his last warning, he goes on to offer it two more times. But the reason he's offering this at all is because Snape asked him to. But the offer is what makes the difference. The fact that he offers her to live and she chooses to die anyway. Basically, when he walks in that room, he offers her two options. Either you and the baby die or just the baby dies. And she's like, oh yeah, over my dead body. And he's like, yeah, exactly. It's the decision to die for Harry, even after being offered the opportunity to live, that makes Harry's situation unique. And it's why James's sacrifice just minutes earlier, even though he died for the exact same reason, for the same cause, doesn't activate any kind of protection. James wasn't offered any chance to live. Voldemort just walks in and kills him. Yes, he dies for a good cause, but his death was not up for debate. This also explains why, despite other parents or soldiers are fighting, dying across the country for their children or people they love, why that doesn't inadvertently activate the protection of sacrificial love. Now, Moody slash Crouch Jr. later tells his class that only one person is ever known to have survived the killing curse and that he's sitting in that room talking about Harry. But honestly, I think that must not be true. I mean, for one, both Dumbledore and Voldemort seem aware of this particular brand of ancient magic, suggesting that someone at some point must have died and activated the spell before. Although I guess it's possible the sacrificial person ends up dead and effectively protects someone else, but then the killing curse isn't used on that person. Or maybe because they are protected, when the killing curse is used on them, it backfires and kills the attacker, so nobody is left to tell the story of what happened. That's, of course, exactly what happens to Voldemort, except he has his horcruxes to anchor him to life. I think it's worth noting that the protection is only effective at repelling that one other person. So Lily's sacrifice only specifically protects Harry from Voldemort. Also, just by the by, Harry himself manages to activate sacrificial love when he walks into the Forbidden Forest and allows Voldemort to kill him. Voldemort basically makes the exact same mistake, basically offering Harry to let him kill him or I can kill everyone else and then you. Harry, of course, like his mother, chooses to die for everyone else, even though he didn't have to, thus activating the charm again, which is why later when Voldemort marches on Hogwarts, he has a lot of trouble controlling the crowd. Actually, what I really love about the forest scene is that Harry has to go out of his way to die because his advantages over Voldemort at that point are insane. I mean, for one, Lily's initial death back when Harry was a baby is 
still active. Dumbledore says the protection will last forever. Voldemort thinks he's overcome this because he took Harry's blood into himself when he was reborn, which does allow him to physically touch Harry, but it also means the protection lives in Voldemort as well, which sort of makes Voldemort a horcrux for Harry, although I guess it's more of a love crux. But on top of that, Harry has a whole second soul to spare, courtesy of Voldemort himself. And on top of that, Harry is not only already the master of the Elder Wand, which Voldemort is using to kill him, but he's also also the master of the other two Deathly Hallows as well, having used the Resurrection Stone and the Invisibility Cloak just to get to the forest. I mean, when it really comes down to it, it seems like Voldemort did way more to defeat Voldemort than Harry did to defeat Voldemort. The only obstacle Voldemort is ever really able to circumvent is the protection of the Twin Cores. But the Twin Cores was really only ever gravy because beneath that, Harry still had like four layers of invincible armor on. Of course, when I say Voldemort circumvents the protection of the Twin Cores, all I mean is that Harry accidentally has his wand broken and is forced to use another one. But even so, the Twin Cores only actually ever delayed everything because if Voldemort had just hit Harry with Avada Kedavra in the graveyard that night, it would have just been like in the forest three years later. He would have immediately destroyed the Horcrux inside of Harry and Harry would have been tethered to life already by the Lovecrux, so. But anyway guys, that's why James's sacrifice didn't count to protect Lily or Harry because he was not offered the choice to live. Lily was offered the choice to live, but chooses to die anyway. But Ben, my question for you and everyone else is, are there any other little questions about the Harry Potter series you feel like don't make sense or you would like explained? Please let us know in the towel section down below. Thanks as always for watching today's video. Please remember to hit that like button if you haven't already and subscribe by clicking the button right down here. If you'd like to see Harry's golden flames explained, you can check out this video right here. But Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.